Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to the Helmet. Look at some long-term player value in fantasy football. I'm Chad Parsons, joined by Tim Torch again, filling in for Katie Flower. Much appreciated, Tim. Official show of UTHDynasty.com. Home to over 250 premium podcasts. If you listen regularly and if you haven't listened, uh, some of the biggest uh, value ads are Monday morning. You get the Film Notes podcast all of Sunday's action distilled down into the dynasty information you know after I watch every play of every game. Uh, you also get the Monday night and Thursday night games uh, distilled down in separate shows. Uh, you also get things like running back roundup. I go through all 32 depth charts on a weekly basis to make sure no stone is unturned and you get that feature podcast. used to be about a half hour and other content, things like rankings, trade calculator updated on a weekly basis, timely with the news. And Tim, perfect timing for you to fill in because we're starting a series. Uh, we usually do it in mid-season here. Tough to rank and value players. So this is where we spitball some of the players that we are just having a tough time. And the idea is the other person is going to try to help us out, guide us in a you need to be a little more optimistic. Maybe you should be a little more pessimistic on where we stand or where we don't stand because we're failing to value them and, and really put a mark on where they are. So each of us are going to bring two quarterbacks to the table in this fast fire show. Tim, why don't you start us off with your first quarterback? Who is tough for you to really have a good gauge on where we sit today? <sighs> I feel like I'm going to get pushback for it, but uh, I, I feel like it's a name that's important just to to put out there. Uh, for a lot of different reasons, and it's Aaron Rodgers, and I, it's 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 really a combination of things that have nothing to do with with him specifically. It's uh, other than his age. I mean, his he is thirty eight, which you couldn't tell it by watching him play on the field. Like he still is mobile. He still moves around the pocket. That arm is deadly. Uh, he still knows how to work the field. Um, one of my biggest questions is the team around him. So the Packers looked at the wide receiver group of Christian Watson, Randall Cobb and in and, and company. And they said, we're okay. Giving this to you this year. <laughs> we, we are, we are not going to go any farther than that uh, for one of, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL an MVP quarterback. I mean, currently he has more interceptions this year than he's had in an entire season since 2016 and it, it's just really that part that part alone just like the team aspect saying you know what we're we gave you a fat contract but we're not going to assemble all of the weapons around you that you need we're not going to find a quality fix for for Devonte adams that part has me really concerned for what happens next because that contract only gets more expensive it only takes out more of the cap it only means you're 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 needing to pull down um the quality of different positions across your roster and 
I, I, I just feel like there's going to be really a point where we're saying I, I just can't keep keeping him high if the team is not willing to give him enough quality weapons. Um, now, I feel like there's probably going to be one more opportunity for you if you choose to sell him or buy him, whatever that moving around looks like this offseason, because I think people are going to get enamored with uh, Christian Watson going into another year if they maybe get something else next to him. But I'm 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 just ner- I, I don't know where to put that because I, I feel like it's a similar situation to where we were with Tom Brady. Like you can pay the second for him and he'll stick around for another three or four years, but you also need to be prepared for the what it looked like the the roller coaster ride of is he or isn't he retiring? And I mean, there's even t- I feel like this season where we've already heard that going back and forth, like, Oh, he's going to, he's actually thinking about retiring again and just really screwing over the Packers. And it's just, he he's at that age where it's tough and the erosion of skill. Isn't there enough where I just want to say goodbye to right. him from any of the rosters that I have him. It's just the other factors that really come into play. All right. Yeah. That's, I mean, a lot of the reason I listen to, uh, Pretty much four or five days a week, I listen to sports talk from Milwaukee, and it's Aaron Rodgers is mentioned, if not expanded <laughs> upon, almost every day. It is a major talking point as they circle the drain of playoff probabilities this year, or not even possibilities. Uh, and it's just, what does that look like? You know, the optics of Aaron Rodgers and uh, a big down non-playoff year at his age and with the the state of the the team. I'll, I'll say this. It's very easy to pitch Aaron Rodgers as a hold and buy right now. The <laughs> biggest the biggest reason is cost. He's falling like a brick. Yeah. He's falling faster. It feels like he's falling faster and sharper than Tom Brady at this age, at 39, 40. It may be like a Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger at this age type fall. And yet Aaron Rodgers is a clearly superior player. Um, here's my pitch. Aaron Rodgers has more top six finishes than any other active quarterback. That includes Tom Brady. Um, that is only fewer since the mid-90s than Tom than, than Peyton Manning and Drew Brees. Mm. That's it. Aaron Rodgers is the Oracle. When you talk about guys and the touchdown interception rate ratio, which I track, I mean it's it's him. Tom, yeah. I it, I mean Aaron Rodgers is that guy. He's at 2.50, which is an insane number for one season. That's his career mark. So I get why everyone's freaking out. He's 1.09, which is right around the NFL average this year, which you say Aaron Rodgers NFL average. That's horrific, which in, in theory, yeah, I mean, that's that, that's true. But I'll, I'll say this. That's like Matt Ryan's for his career is like 1.09 for his entire career, which included MVP seasons. That's not too far below Joe Burrow for his career. It's above Kyler Murray for his career. It's right around Tua for his career. So that's still not bad. Now it's bad for Aaron Rodgers. But look at the situation. It's horrible. Offensive line, horrible. He's having to move around and, and, and run for his life a lot more. He's getting banged around. The weapons, horrible. Can guys run the right routes? He doesn't trust anybody. The Devontae Adams trade, not looking that great. So it, unless he retires, this just feels like a golden opportunity to buy. Now, I, I think if we talk about how to value him intrinsically, you can just say he's QB 20, 22, whatever it is, and that's a huge buy. 
But I do think it's interesting to say Aaron Rodgers right now versus like, should he be above, below guys like Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford? I mean, that are around in the rankings for that for, for, for that point for me. Is he around Tua? Is he way behind Tua? Is he ahead? Where is he versus Brady? So I think it's I think it's there's some interesting names there, but a handful of those are all pretty affordable. So it's kind of quibbles, I think, within that. But yeah, I mean, he still has, he's not eroding arm-wise like Roethlisberger and Rivers at this point. He's still got a, a pretty good gun. So I'm not, I'm not overly worried about it. It's mainly the, does he get disinterested or I'm locked into the Packers and I don't like it and I'll just, I'll just walk away. He's a tougher one to read. Like Brady is probably going to compete until he actually erodes all the way. Yeah. But I'm not really sure about Rodgers. I'm not really sure he's kind of built the same way. All right. Uh, my first one is going to be um, Justin Fields. So it was interesting. I looked up. I know he was, on a, he was on a bad track earlier in the year. He's like QB 9 or 10 in points per game. Suddenly, after a <laughs> in fuego last few weeks, obviously, I think he broke Michael Vick or somebody else, uh, the, the record for rushing yards by a quarterback in a game, anywhere, everywhere. And I just, I find it like if you value him highly, and highly would mean in the top 10 or so, then boy, that's a leap of faith. I mean, it's a guy that, first of all, the risk of, of valuing one season, they've done it once. We know the risk of that at quarterback, especially when you just vault it way the heck up there. And it seems like that's where the market's headed, if not there already. And so, but I mean, the eye-popping rushing and the, it has a little bit of Jalen Hurts kind of vibes of, Watch the Bears, who have a ton of cap room, just surround him. They brought in Chase Claypool, but watch them sign a notable free agent or two. Cole Komet will be coming into year three, a lot more likely to produce more. Uh, you know, th- They just have a lot of options next offseason because it's a pretty much a blank slate. And you say, if he just flashes a little bit and he still finishes in the top 10 or 12 this year, despite having all those question marks and a bad situation, and then next year they actually build around them like they should have last offseason, then it could be huge. You could be buying quote unquote low. But then also keep in mind it's not just it's just not a very good like I'm looking right here. His um again, the predictive um he's at his ratio this year is one point one seven. And that's because of the last, I think, two or three games. Now his career rate is still pretty low, still on the bus track, still on the I'm I should be really concerned with job security. So how many games do the Bears win? How high are they in the draft order? But he feels like a guy that's earning a little more of a leash as we go here. It just feels like if you're if you're not in aggressively at QB 10, 11, 12, then you might as well have him at QB 20 because it really doesn't matter because he's going to be one of those hot it girl type profiles that you got to be aggressive. And it just feels like, I'm thinking of startup drafts. Like it just feels like, what is that going to be like mid second? Like it, it feels very pricey of how much, or he might be a first rounder. I might be just, you know, talking out of my, my butt right there. I mean, he may be easily in the first round for all I know. Cause he's young. He flashed and he was you know top 10 a year ago. when we get to January, February, what are your thoughts on, on, on fields? Yeah. And the last part of what you said is, is really how I feel we're going to going to be headed this upcoming off season, it's going to be, he flashed enough. The bears have 
the opportunity to really add around him and, and people what's what's one of the most uh, hard to hard to calculate things that people like to throw around in dynasty it's potential mm-hmm. and I feel like he's going to be, he's definitely going to price himself out when you start looking at my comfort level for quarterbacks that I would like to take. I wouldn't be surprised if, I I don't think he'll get like all the way up there to like uh, Justin Herbert or Pat Mahomes, anything like that. But I don't know. You, you, You might be surprised. Herbert's going the opposite direction, at least in terms of like the optics he's putting out there this year. But it, Overall, when when you have that rushing upside, people are going to be oh, yeah. enamored, oh, and yeah. I'm I'm not going to be there. The second people start throwing out that Justin Fields should be valued above Trevor Lawrence, it is really where where it stops I, for you. Yeah, I that's where I have a hard time really really processing it because for me, Trevor Lawrence has um, that that's the guy that's that's like one of those guys that i'm i can like feel myself drawn to as far as being able to acquire because people are just see like the the flashing lights in different directions with with joe burrow with pat mahomes with all these other guys and i'm like i'll I'll sit here and i'll take trevor lawrence and still be very very happy with my quarterback position um yeah justin fields just i don't want to say it's a trap because i don't feel like he's going to be a bad player but I just look at the, I, I, I don't think the, I, I think the word p- potential is just going to get people in so, in such a bad way that they're going to overpay for him and they're just going to put all of these things on him that m- he may not be ready to live up to. Because even if he does start getting those weapons around him, it's still going to take a little bit of time. I, I, I don't think you're just going to go from, I, I know we've had the conversation about how teams usually do go from when they're at the bottom, there's usually a pretty, pretty solid rise to, to what that team looks like. But I don't think we're going to see them go all the way from 32 and passing in the NFL, maybe 31, if you consider the Titans uh, with Malik Willis there, but uh, 31 to top five. I don't think that's where we're going to go. Three trades I saw this week to isolate kind of how we feel about fields here. Saw fields and these are uh, super flex fields for Justin Jefferson. Wow. Definitely Justin Jefferson. Okay. Uh, Fields and a 23 first for Herbert. Oh, give me, I, I, I'm still going Herbert. I, okay. I, I know I would too. Yeah. And then the other one was fields for two 23 firsts. I, I would take those 23 firsts. I still, I still like the class coming in too. Well, and you can probably trade one of those for a quarterback. You can probably trade yeah. one for cousins if you want. And then you still have another one. Or, <laughs> who knows? I mean, you have, you have a lot of yeah. options with the picks. It's the bigger point. Uh, the last thing I'll add is, uh, I found nine peers that kind of had a that had a top twelve season in year two. They were top sixteen picks in the NFL draft. That matters, and they were were non one hundred ones because I think one hundred ones are a different you know uh, different spectrum uh, of outcomes there. And six here is the interesting part: six of the nine turned into top sixes and top six quarterback producers in the future for at least a season. Meaning, there is more upside than we saw this year in year two. The other three that were misses were Carson Wentz. Blake Bortles, who this was coming off that big year he had, I think with like 35 touchdowns and, you know, takes him to the playoffs, all that. Um, Wentz, Bortles, and Mariota were the three misses 
you know, quote unquote, uh, going forward there. But six of nine, like, see, that's the part that gets me. I'm like, if he finishes top 12 this year, like that's pretty darn predictive of he's going to grow. It's just hard, you know, when it's not based around the passing. Yeah. Like it makes it really tough. All right. Uh, give us your, your second and final tough to rank and value quarterback here. It's Kyler Murray. And I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm channeling Jordan, but it's one of those things where uh, this year, uh, depending on your scoring, I, I'm seeing him as a top six quarterback. Uh, I he he puts up the stats, both rushing and passing. You see moments of wow. But I have so many questions. I I I'm, I I still like watch him play, and I see, I see so many bonehead plays. I I watch him play. I I I feel like he's the type of player that could be a coach killer. Like, <laughs> um, I'm I'm just waiting for him to drive, drive his head coach out of town, and and that could be the system too because I'm not too excited about that either in Arizona, but. Well, and is, I is, so, is he going to be appealing? He, Here's the interesting thing. Let's say within the next couple of years that that Cliff uh, Cliff Kingsbury is gone. Cliff King, yeah. Is 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 he going to be? Is that going to be viewed as an appealing spot for a coach? I mean, obviously, there's only 32 spots, and there will be plenty of people interested. But is it appealing? Like, are you going to sit there when you assess Arizona of possibly taking the job, and you think Kyler Murray, cornerstone player? <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury's an, a dope and I can definitely do better with him and I can quote unquote fix him. I can do X, Y, Z. He's going to elevate my job security or like you just said, is he a coach killer? Is he one that has a limited potential of actual NFL results and outcome? And it's going to be one that actually makes my job a heck of a lot harder. Yeah. And, and I'll just put this out there because I, I remember hearing the reports and it really, it just bothered me. Even even if it was taken out, the you had to put something into his contract about him watching tape. I know. Like like the, I I feel like there are so many quarterbacks. You just I don't know why I I don't feel like there's a question about how much tape they watch. Like I I generally look at a quarterback and I'm like that. How much time do that, they have? That, that guy's coming in pretty prepared. I mean, I still remember the the Philip rivers uh, story about how he, uh, when he was traded, he, or no, when the team moved, he didn't move his family, but he hired a limo guy and he would just watch film the entire time. Like, I, I feel like that's, that's the kind of guy I can feel a little bit more comfortable about. Um, he's, he's not it for, for whatever reason, there's just something about Kyler Murray that, that just rubs me the wrong way. Like, uh, I mean, Jalen hurts. Like he doesn't have anywhere near the physical tools that Kyler Murray does. And I just watch that guy grind every single week. J- Justin Herbert. Like, I-, I feel like he's a guy that does his homework, <laughs> uh, but Kyler Murray, I just watch him play. I'm like, that guy's, that guy's not going to do the homework Tua, I w- I would love for Tua to have Kyler's physical skills because that would be amazing to watch. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it's just sad when you see those type of physical abilities on someone who you feel doesn't put in the effort. Tyler's tough because he's productive, right? Yeah, I mean, right. <laughs> he's a tough to bench player, 
one quarterback, super flex, doesn't matter. And he's got like his worst season so far in adjusted points per game has been QB 13. <laughs> and that's a, so this year, I don't know, I don't know where how high he is this year, but he's previously 13, five, and eight. I mean, that's that's a rock solid, yeah. no, no doubt about it, career start. The yeah. problem is, and I've been saying it for three years, he's an average NFL passer, average. So the, the the rushing part is what fuels him from average to above average and well above average fantasy-wise. But man, he's not getting any better, any better. And that's tough when you're talking about a fourth-year quarterback that left plenty of room to improve from where they started. So when you talk about a guy that, again, he's he's above that threshold of like, eh, job security isn't really a thing. You know, they just paid him. But like you said, like all the other things that just make your make your skin crawl a little bit. Like I have zero shares across my leagues. I, I sold one. I can't remember when. I, I I think it was a year or two ago. I sold the last share just because I couldn't. I just have so many questions like you. The problem, I, I think it makes it easy to fade, right? Because of the cost. It's not like he's QB 10. He's up at like five, six, seven. So, I mean, he's right around, like you mentioned, Jalen Hurts, right? Like, are you more comfortable with Jalen Hurts than Kyler Murray? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Even though Murray's got the the big contract and Hurts does not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm more comfortable with Jalen Hurts. I just feel like at this point, I, I know there is a little bit more I could get on a deal like that. Um, so if I was trading away Kyler Murray for Jalen Hurts, I feel like there's uh, a little bit of sweetener. I could definitely get on the Jalen Hurts side to make that deal happen. And I do trust him, even without the big contract. That That's just, for whatever reason, I feel like I can trust that player more. Whether or not he gets the big contract with the Eagles aside, um, I, I just trust him more. And I think Kyler's at a high enough value point that it wouldn't be hard. A, you might be able to pivot straight across to guys like Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Um, you can probably go to Sean Watson plus. You can, you're within spitting distance to go maybe up to Herbert and not be super costly. So I think you have some options. The good news is with Kyler, I think you can go up and you can go down. Uh, or maybe you can go head hunting and go up to, to Mahomes or something. So you are, the good news is in trading, you are offering a strong producer and one that you can probably pivot to a stronger uh, long-term profile. My last one is going to be Jalen Hurts. We already mentioned him in passing. I struggle with Jalen Hurts. Uh, a big part of it is the fact that, yes, the season's going really well, and I guess that should probably be a huge positive indicator that the Eagles are not going to dip into the the quarterback waters, that they are going to end up uh, you know, being secure in in Hertz as a 2023 plus option. But what lingers out there is they have the Saints pick. Saints are at currently six overall. That's right there in the zone to be high enough for a quarterback to be well within your options. Uh, obviously, the Eagles traditional pick is looking really, really late. But um, I think if I'll say this, if the season continues well, and they have built around him. They brought in A.J. Brown. Big, bold moves. He has quality weapons. And if it continues down this track, and whether or not they go to the Super Bowl or anything like that, like I don't think the bar is all that like that extremely high. He should he should be rewarded. He's a guy that's progressed. He is like his ratio this year is 2.80, which we just mentioned. It's like Aaron Rodgers for his career, which is insanely high, and it's hurts for one year. But his career now, he's up to 1.4 which is right there with guys like Dak and 
Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson. Like this feels like a mental hurdle I have because he wasn't a first round pick. A mental hurdle I have because he was very much like a you know Josh Allen year one or like who's the guy we just talked about? Um, oh, Justin Fields. You know, early on of just saying, oh, rushing centric, but then develop into a better and good enough and maybe even good passer. But so to me, this is about priors. This is about like, it feels like the inertia of my mindset. It has it really tough. Like I, I feel like I've been, uh, I aggressively moved him up to eight, but it feels like if he gets that new contract, eight is too low. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, I, I mean, right. If he gets a new contract and they've built around him, if we have long-term stability and even if he's as good as, well, he's doing great this year passing wise. So it just feels like if you like, I don't know, I, I look at where I have them and it feels like a complete cop out middle ground of like, well, if you hate him, he's got to be lower. If you think he's not going to get the contract and this is all like a farce and one off season, you got to have him lower. But if you think that this is building on something, he eventually does get a new contract. Then it feels, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at this. I mean, do you have him over Lamar? Do you have him over Watson? I guess Burrow. You can have him over Burrow, I guess. I don't know. I'm looking <laughs> at this list. I don't know how much higher like is is realistic, you know, or or is like, oh yeah, I'm going. Well, I and consensus has him five, six, seven. So I guess that would be over Prescott and Watson at a minimum. So that would put him at six. Yeah, that that all makes sense to me. It would be if he gets that vote of support. It would be, it would be helpful. <laughs> yeah. it would be nice to see um well isn't but, he the litmus test for like how yeah. much you need to see it yeah or well here's the thing it also looks different than when we saw herbert break out right mm-hmm. a year ago it just looks and, different and i i also think there's and this just sticks with people draft capital yeah. like what it, what investment did right. the team originally make into him right he was invested into as the backup to Carson Wentz. Yeah, right. <laughs> thank God, thank God for the Eagles, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I I don't I don't remember it lasting that long with Dak though. You know. Yeah, but Dak had a he had a, like there was a clear runway. Um, okay. There, I I could be wrong. Like I don't remember their draft situation right off the top of my head, but. I don't feel like those assets were like around the team to turn around and make an early draft pick for a quarterback the following year. Right. Like there, there's going to be a really strong chance that that they could, they could just take like almost pick of the litter type of quarterback this, this coming draft year. I don't think the Cowboys had that same opportunity. Right. Well, they were also like good like record-wise right away. Yeah. It was almost like the Ben Roethlisberger Steelers that they you know, were successful. And even if he was building up to fantasy production, I can't remember how, how high-end Dak was fantasy-wise right away. But uh, but yeah, just... Oh, man. Because I looked at like a lot of the... I looked at non-round one quarterbacks that have produced like this. And the hits are like Brady, Russell Wilson, Dak... Um, I'll, you know, the guys that didn't work out were Dalton, Aaron Brooks, Derek Anderson was more of a one hit wonder. So he doesn't really, but you look at like who has the rushing mm-hmm. like Dak and Russell Wilson, 
look like Eli Manning compared to Jalen Hurts, yeah. like rushing wise. They just don't I, offer I, that. I did glance at it. So Dak was taken in the fourth round of 2016. Yeah. The in 2017 they didn't pick until 28. Yeah. 2018 they didn't pick till 19. So 28. That was a uh, what the they lost in the divisional round, something like that. Yeah. Probably. Yep. Yeah. So and yeah, Dak was so Dak year one was QB six. Mm. So just right away. Right yep. away. Instant Tony Romo. Don't don't rush back from your back injury. Don't worry about it. We got it. We're good. <laughs> we good. We got this. Uh yeah, talking through this, it feels like I could I don't know. I just I always come back to the fact, and maybe it's why I've been a shade low on Lamar Jackson, I guess, is yeah. just the I love the rushing. I love it. But I think you have to have a foundation of of passing. And that's the also, thing that always I, eludes me. And and we've talked about it how many times, like when you have that rushing, like the more you rush, like the higher that volume is, the more likely you are to be hurt. It's just like we talk about running backs. The more <laughs> the the more of a workhorse you are, the more likely you well, are. Just the more data points get, you get that are out yeah. there and, and could be randomized plays. The wrong yep. play, the wrong defender in the wrong spot. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and I don't know. Let me ask you this final thing. Where do you put Hertz on the scale of, I can't remember now, just offhand. Is he a slider? Does he slide a lot? No. No? Okay. I don't think so. Because Kyler slides all the time, for example. Lamar Jackson, he doesn't slide. I don't even know if he knows how to slide. Um, <laughs> so, so I always think on that scale too. Like, how safe are you? There's plenty of quarterbacks that will... Like, I saw Justin Fields slide a few times this past week. So, you know, where you are in the safety scale probably helps. I will, like, say, I will say as the years go by, Lamar Jackson is making me just look so stupid with this whole, like, durability thing. He's been playing I, this I, way his whole life. <laughs> well, I, I, for me, like, that same type of inflection point, it makes sense for, like, Tua. Like, people, if you... In my opinion, like if you can sell Tua mm-hmm. with, with all the concussion issues and everything, like that guy does not know how to slide. He right. is he's just waiting for another big hit and a shot. Yeah. And I I hate to see it. Like I, but, I but hope he, gets, he has well, a long he, career. But. This whole this whole season, right? Though if he gets one yeah. more, that's three. Or sorry, that's <laughs> whatever number they're already putting on it. Yeah. But the point is we'll, we'll call it three events. That would be three events in mm-hmm. a few months. Right. That's, I mean, I'm sorry, like personally and professionally, at some point you have to go step back. And I'm not saying this is a retirement thing or anything like that, but it, but I'm at minimum, you say, whoa, like we need to assess things. We need to assess yeah. what's going on in the old cabeza there. Because I mean, you're talking, you could be making scrambled eggs and you got to be very careful. Um. Like and so it just makes you suspect. It's like uh, Christian Watson. He's gotten two in like three weeks or two weeks. I mean the 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 zone in which you have the the next one is is a real key. So I yeah two uh, two is one we didn't put on here, but but that certainly could have been a discussion point because he is rising rapidly in in cost and appeal. Um, any final thoughts? Uh, did, was there was there a wild card that? Almost made your list, if not for your your other two in Rodgers and Murray. Yeah, two two was my was my big one your that I sat one. back and looked at. Like, man, I I, I want to feel better for it. Lamar was kind of on that list just because 
I wouldn't. <laughs> the Ravens didn't pay him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I yeah. What does that I, say? I, that that says something. What too. if they franchise him this next year? Right. I mean, that one just it's unprecedented. He's an MVP. <laughs> and and or or even flip it a little, like what if he does go somewhere else? Like what what does that look like? I don't know. I think he I think um, he I think his talent carries. <laughs> well, no, I, I get that but, it carries, but, yeah. but I mean there are good there is some type of shift that happens when he goes to a different team. There's come and, on, Tim. The, if he goes to another team, let's be that would be unprecedented. Are you t- you're talking via trade, right? right? I, I this isn't any, Kirk yeah, Cousins. Like they, right. the Was- Washington w- did the biggest dumbassery I've ever seen. Right? They I literally remember. let Kirk Cousins walk when yeah. they. Yes. I think the 49ers would have traded a high first round pick and yeah. something the previous offseason or something. And they what did they do? They franchised. They they said no to the trade and then they dumped them. Like that's that was unbelievable. Lamar Jackson, like <laughs> wow, he would fetch. I mean. <laughs> Open trade, open trade market. My right. goodness, 25, 26 years old. Um, the only other one that I kind of had like a little bit of a like side eye at, I, I still think about like Baker Mayfield because mm-hmm. we like those number one overall guys, like they get shots. You, Many and, shots. And yeah. even, even coming in for PJ Walker, like you saw like a moment of, of like Baker Mayfield doing something and, and it's, I don't know when he's right. He can be at least an average quarterback. And he's just one that I still like every now and then I go into a league and I'm like, would it make sense to get him like, get him into a better situation situation where he wasn't traded during the preseason and had like a week to learn the playbook. Um, the one that, that that's one that I kind of look side eye at and I'm like, man, I, I, I could see something there. The one that I was going to say was Zach Wilson. He's mm. playing. He's playing yeah. not good, right? And but the, <laughs> but here's the thing. But here's the thing. He's creating greater job security because they're winning. Yeah, they currently have a late first. Down. Yeah. So if they if they're making the playoffs, and I mean he's pushing that pick into the twenties, mm. then I mean he should be pretty good. You know. I mean, yeah. but but man, all the um, you know all the indicators that I use. He is absolutely like he should lose his job in the offseason with them trying to get a veteran or trying to draft and challenge him and or replace him. They should be doing those things based on how he's playing, but they're winning. Defensive team. He's almost messing it up, but not quite. So I I he he's one that flummoxes me because it seems like he's on a track now to be on a longer leash and he doesn't really deserve one. So I don't know. He's gonna be the tough one. All right, Timmy, let's get to the the UTH best ball contest update and uh, and get out of here. We've got Brett week nine taking it down a narrow victory over Adam. So uh, Brett, congratulations, Tua. He's got Tua in this contest. Uh, pretty tepid scoring this week. He didn't have any of the big boys like you know uh, Mixon and others and. In general, he's just doing it with a lot of quality players. He got Cordero Patterson back in his lineup. He got Ramondre Stevenson. I can't remember. I don't, I don't think a lot of people in the contest took Ramondre Stevenson. Um, but he had the perfect storm because he doesn't have an overly deep light, uh, roster and lineup. He's got Baker Mayfield, as uh, as as you just mentioned. But, uh, but yeah, he's getting it done. He had the perfect week in terms of 
putting up 231 and the the perfect combination of guys like Miles Sanders and Stevenson. Trevor Lawrence has been uh sneaky, sneaky good uh this season. And overall in the standings, uh Brett, usually whoever wins uh ends up moving way up. But uh but yeah, I don't see Brett high up. We still have Joe at the top and we have Derek uh, up in the number two spot. The top dignitary here is Jordan. We are, mm. I will, I will say all yeah. of us are falling like a brick. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're actually doing all right. I'm still ahead of you and Katie barely, but uh, Jordan is holding out, holding into the top 20, the only one of us. So not, not too great this year for the, for the quote unquote experts. All right. Uh, Tim, final thoughts as we get out of here. Yeah. Um, final thoughts. Uh, go see uh, Black Panther, Black Panther Wakanda Ooh. forever. Uh, can't, can't wait to, uh, buy my ticket and go see it this Thursday. And yeah, um, the only other thing it, it, that is dynasty related burnout happens this time of year. Just oh, yeah. make sure to pace yourself. I, I definitely feel like the the grind this time of year and setting waivers, trades, all, all of that stuff. It, it does really feel like it just adds up and just, just take your time, work through it step by step. Yeah. And, and make sure you, you know, when your trade deadlines are, because you may be burned out right now, but take that extra few minutes, even if it's you know hitting your league one time over the next two, three weeks, uh, that one league, just because once it's gone, you're not gonna be able to trade for a stretch. And you know, you get to December, you won't have a lot to do. <laughs> It'll be waivers and lineups, and that's it. Um, and frankly, <laughs> depending on how your team's doing, you may not care a ton about one or both of those things. Um, and I always find I kind of get my groove back late later in November, but this is right about the time where, you know, this week, next week, it's like, oh, you're kind of slogging through. But once you get through this two, three week stretch, you'll be you'll be good to go and uh, and be reinvigorated. Maybe it's all the all the turkey and desserts, you know, coming up in <laughs> Thanksgiving time. Uh, Tim wanted to thank him so much for coming on, uh, filling in. Uh, second time in a month or so, I believe. So good to have you back in the rotation. You're in the intro, so that goes to <laughs> goes to see you should be on the should be should be on the show pretty regularly. You can follow him on Twitter for his advice. Uh, he does some dynasty and uh, redraft consulting. That you can you can hit him up at it's Tim Torch. I'm at Chad Parsons NFL. Reminder about General Manager Plus. And if you want more Tim, he's every single week on. Uh, UTH Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash UTH. We do a waiver show. I did it solo this week, but we also do overtime with Tim. We do some other bonus shows and you should definitely check those out. Just a few bucks a month and you can get bonus exclusive patron only content. For Tim, for myself, until next time, never settle, refuse to be average and keep building those dynasties.